Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm talking about The Book Eaters by Sunya Dean. So let's consume the magic of books. Now, first off, I, I do hope I'm saying her name right. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, but just in case, I, I'm doing my best. Now, this was a really interesting book, and there are some things I want to talk about before we get into the spoiler section. Now, when I went into this book, I was thinking that it was going to be a little bit more of a horror book. Um, that's kind of what it was, not pitched to me as, but just kind of the the blurb on the back and kind of the tags that it's fallen under is you know generally like fantasy and horror and you know just as an example from the, the blurb you know we know it's kind of about uh, I thought it was about vampires but it's it's it is and it isn't right so but real life doesn't always come with happy endings as Devin learns when her son is born with a rare and darker kind of hunger hunger not for books but for human minds like that just evokes a little bit darker and more hoary than I got in this book and that's not a ding on the book that's just kind of the way that book advertising and marketing is going where you throw out a lot of things and then what you see kind of sticks and and while it has some horror elements and there were some parts that were genuinely like horrifying it didn't really I get I have a hard time with horror I don't generally like a lot of horror so this this was an acceptable level of horror for me and that to me makes it almost not horror right now if you really look at the content then yeah it's very horror it's not very horror focused but there's some really horrific things that go on and happen in this book and we'll definitely talk about more of them so you know i like i said earlier i thought this was about vampires you know except they're the book eaters and they've transitioned to books or something Uh, this is definitely not about vampires it's very similar to vampires i can't say it's definitely not about them but this is about a a race of creatures and this is not spoiler stuff you guys this is stuff you're going to learn in the first five minutes or from the back they eat books right so they eat books they consume knowledge and then they uh every so often they have a son or a daughter and they are they consume minds right just what i read you off the back of the book. Now, this book has a lot to say about a lot of things, and I was pleasantly surprised by most of it. It was, there's a lot about what is love, what is family, what does it mean to be family? You know, where do we draw the lines of who is family and who isn't family? Another big one is that change is hard, and it talks a lot about kind of keeping the status quo. I mean, this book has a lot of deep thoughts, kind of more than I thought it would, and again, this is my bias just because I'm thinking, okay, it's a horror book, it's not going to be super deep, and you know, Clearly, I was wrong. And I do, I have one more thing to just say kind of before we get into more stuff, but I, I did struggle a little bit with this book, and it wasn't a struggle in, I mean, it's a struggle in content, but it's not a, a bad struggle in content. It was a, a struggle because uh, this book talks a lot about uh, marriage and pregnancy and children, and, you know, pregnancy and having kids is something that we have really struggled with in our family. And so it didn't, like, the book didn't put me off, but I put myself off it a little bit because it was kind of talking about it and doing a lot of that stuff. And, and that's not bad. This is not a critique of the book. It's just a more of a critique of my life that I, I was just slower reading it because I wouldn't want to go back right into it because of certain things that were going on. And that's fine. That's not a, uh, like I said, not a ding on the book. So let's talk about the book though. All right, so where to start with this book? So much happens in this book. It is just, well, I mean, so much happens and yet so little happens at the same time. Like it happens in a lot of books that I talk about right um, let's just do a really quick kind of plot summary. We are following Devin, who is a member of the Fairweathers family. Um, she is a book eater. They are a different species. They believe that they were put on Earth by a collector who is collecting kind of knowledge and such, and he's going to supposedly pick them up again later. Um, they have the ability to eat and consume books, like they live on books. They can kind of eat other food a little bit here and there. Uh, I don't think there's any big side effects. That doesn't 
systematic though. They eat books, they gain like an encyclopedic knowledge of the book. And then eventually the more they read or the more they eat, the you know slower they become mentally, right? And so Devin is on the run with her son Kai, um, who is a mind eater. So the book eaters eat books, the mind eaters eat minds, right? Very different, very scary. Um, they are on the run and they are looking for the Ravenscar family who has some redemption, which is a drug that makes it so that the mind eaters don't have to eat minds. They can eat books after they take that. It takes the hunger away for human minds. They still have that power. Um, and just a little bit creepy, they have like a proboscis for a tongue because, you know, they have to stick it in your ear and suck out the brain of people that they are consuming, which, yeah, that's kind of where the horror does start to come in a little bit. But as long as you don't think about it too hard, it kind of stays away. So yes, they are on the run. We don't know why at the beginning of the book looking for this redemption. Well, I mean, I know why they're looking for the redemption, but we don't know why she's not on the run and not part of her family anymore. She ends up meeting a contact of the Ravenscar's family, Hestia, and they go and are, travel to the Hest the, the Ravenscar's family home. Turns out there's been a coup and the mind eaters are in charge at the, at the Ravenscar farm. In fact, all of them are mind eaters because since the Ravenscar's were the ones who created the redemption drug, they never felt the need to kill their mind eater children which is a huge plus for me i am all about not killing children when there's an easy drug to you know help alleviate that problem of them you know just killing people and this does produce some weird things that we're going to talk about a little bit later but they get to the ravenscar family home and all is not well there the kind of leader there killock who has you know eaten his father and become a religious fanatic who thinks that he is communing with god and becoming like god when he eats another person generally not healthy for the community you're in and if it's not healthy for the community in it's not healthy for for you. Oh, and by the way, did I forget to mention that Devin is a double agent here working for her family, or at least her brother, who is a knight, and in this instance, a knight is someone who just guards a dragon, and a dragon is a mind eater, right? So she's working for her brother. Oh, and did I forget to mention that her brother put an explosive in Kai, that if she doesn't do this, she'll exp um, he'll explode Kai? Yeah, that's a little bit, that's something I'd like to call abusive in a family relationship. It's not cool, and yeah, we're going to talk about it don't you worry. Um, eventually, they are able to get some redemption. They leave. Well, escape is more like it. And they make their way to freedom. And that's where the book ends. This was a really fun book. I think the hardest part for me was the first 25 to 35%. And even then, it wasn't bad. So yeah, let's, there's so much we got to talk about. I mean, this book opens up. This book has an interesting set of going. It's a uh, present day and then past day. And as the past gets closer and closer to the present day, you know, we learn more and more about what's happened, why things are happening, and you know, how things are going so i would like to let's start with devon she is an interesting character you know as a, a daughter of the families they have infertility problems uh, which is kind of another reason why this was a little harder for me but she was raised on fairy tales and you know other light stories like that but then devon makes a change and she actually reads a book because the book eaters at least the fairweathers don't really read books they just consume them and i love that this kind of plays a little bit into the way she changes herself because you know realistically what is the difference between them eating a book and, and knowing all the words and referencing it, having kind of that intellectual knowledge of what the book's about versus reading it and getting the experience of it? Is there a difference? I don't know. Like, but that's one of the things that talk they talk about. You know, the they don't want to change. They the book eaters can't write physically, can't write. Anytime they try to write, their hand goes limp. That comes out of scribbles. Anything they try to type, it never works. Things like that. It's uh, part of the magic. Now the mind eaters though can write, and that's one thing. 
So the way this book opens up is pretty powerful. She Devin is taking a priest home and she takes the priest home and locks him in with her son and her son eats his brain and then you know he becomes a catatonic kind of coma victim. He has no memories, he has no nothing. She drops him off at the homeless shelter and it's just like, oh, this is this is where we're starting. I I just kinda thought we'd be starting in a different spot, but it was it was so visceral and so like she's afraid she's partially afraid of her son because her son could eat her brain at any time as well. Now he does love her and this is the weird thing is that you know she tries to find she's like always asking the priest you know are you a good person you know because she wants her son to eat good people so because when she eats a book she gains all that knowledge and when he eats a person he gains kind of their whole life right now we don't really see into the book eater to the the mind eater's head so we don't know exactly how much of of the victims remain you know i mean they don't have anything left in them but i don't know how much is in kai right and that was so that was just a good thing now this is one thing like he's still only a nine year nine nine or ten year old boy in this book but he does he has eaten you know 23 or so adults because he's hungry and if he doesn't eat then he dies right so he has to eat some but he doesn't act like he acts like a weird he acts like a a weird teenager or like a weird kid which is totally chill and like i understood that and that made sense but then at the end of the book and this is gonna be i think this is like my one kind of gripe with this book there's one chapter where he he gets up and she comes into the room and he's like who have you been texting and I'm like, and he gets this like really angry, like, I'm an adult. You have to treat me like an adult. I've done 23, you know, I've eaten 23 people. And I'm like, you were like the perfect child up until this point. You listened, you did what your mom said, you were nice. I mean, she can't text. You were the one texting for her. So you know what she was texting. Like, that's why I was a little confused. I'm like, why are you blowing up about this text message that your mom just got? Like, you've been a part of every text message because she has to send them through you, right? It just, needless to say, it felt like an extreme kind of personality shift in this last section just for a little bit of uh pumped up you know uh, drama like i said though really wasn't a big killer of the whole book so let's talk about some other stuff yeah i i was ready for the double cross i mean i kind of knew that she would not be working well well i was surprised when the knights are chasing her and it's her brother and we learn why in the backstory but then for her to be working with her brother and then i i understand why and what is in his st- in kai's stomach and he could be killed at any time and like okay i get this and then for them to be another triple cross and she's like okay now i'm actually working with jero who is the brother of the second husband she had, you know, and we're gonna just escape. And it's like, ah, this is good. Like, I like this. Now, let's talk about a theme really quick. One of the themes in here is the importance of family and love, but not family, like, just exactly who you were born to, of course, but like your your chosen family. Like, she chose Kai. She chose Jero. Like, they are her family and Hestia at the very end, which, that's another thing. This book is is, uh, is tagged as, like, LGBTQ, whatever, right? But it has, like, very little in the in it about it like the mom never pursues anything until like the very end of the book the last two chapters well and while that doesn't disqualify it from being lgbtq i feel like it's slightly misleading to put that there if it's not it's just such a tough thing it's not misleading but it can give weird expectations if you're expecting you know more of that throughout the book and it's not really there but this was a quote that kind of goes with that family thing the family and love thing i was talking about um she says no price there isn't one love doesn't have a cost it's just a choice you make that's very powerful you know you 
choose who you love. You choose how much you love people. And this book just hits so many like hard moments here. Like when she is talking about raising Kai and now after she had fed him, she fed him a baby, a blank base, you know, perfect baby because he was a baby and she had to do it because he had done spoilers, but this is the spoiler section, right? Like he had just eaten her, his father in a meth, you know, self-defense because his dad was a huge dick and just tried to kill him. Huge bad person right there. So totally okay with him dying, but like then Kai was suffering because he ate a book eater. So she fed him a baby, which is just like, oh, broke my heart. It's like poor baby. But she says, uh, they weren't, they were close, something closer to partners in crime, you know, rather than mother and son. Mutual abusers locked in codependency. Either way, mother felt like a title she no longer deserved to hear from anyone. And it's just like, oh, this is like these gut punches. They're just like, here, have a punch. Like you're not mother and son because, you know, she has to, to stalk and hurt people to feed him, but he has to have her do that. And neither of them necessarily want it, but they have to do it. And oh, it's just heart-wrenching some of these moments that you do. Like, And I loved that Devin, with her love, was never willing to give up on her kids, right? She has her first kid, a daughter named Salem, and she wants to raise her. And she's like, I'm going to be the perfect mother. And I'm not understanding why all you people are doing weird things. And, and then it, their daughter's taken away from her and she throws fits and she tries to fight it and she's not able to. And it was like, yes, you go, girl. You go, Devin. Like, you stop them. Take this back. You raise that child. I'm so glad that you are different than everybody else because you actually read a book instead of just consuming them. You know, I was all for it. And then she's like, okay, well, if you're 10 years and you can come visit her once and it's like, oh, sorry, you've been lied to. We later learned, you know, she, that's never going to happen. And, you know, geez, we're running out of time. And we haven't even gotten to kill off. That was, that was very interesting. So they finally get to the Ravenscar's mansion and the Ravenscar's head of the household is named Killock. He used to be just the mind eater of the patriarch. He consumed his own father and then he got weird like super religious which is odd because his dad wasn't super religious but just leading to that whole conflation of like who are you if you have all of these if you had 23 other people in your head or so many other people in your head like all of their memories like who would you be are you you're one of them you're all of them it was just crazy and so i was so glad to see him taken down and poor hestia she had she was also a mind eater but she had her proboscis cut so she could kind of blend in and mimic a book eater which is just so tough on her you know she was packed with killer hey we're gonna do this together and then he backed out after she did it which is like geez come on man keep your promises here but they're able to escape everybody's happy well they're not happy but they're escaping with their lives and you know i love how the book ends and devon's like yep we're gonna go after salem some sometime and kai's like i'll be there with you not to mention forgot just barely that kai also ate his uncle devon's brother who uh, ramsey who's been chasing her this whole time and there's that whole other plot going on with him it was so much fun to read about but like poor kai he's like he's Red. He's eaten her husband, his mom, you know, his dad, his uncle, like all these people, a priest, other, you know, beggars, babies, like he is a messed up kid, but he's doing the best he can. So that's everything I have to talk about you guys about the book eaters by Sunya Dean. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions, you comments, you know, something else you thought was really good about this book, you know, send that to LibromancyPod at gmail.com. You know, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. That always helps a lot. And remember, to consume the magic of books.